going to call to order the first hearing of the afternoon um, upon the application of Bruce and Soi Huang Yo. I hope I didn't crucify your name of February 13th, 2023 for a special permit from the terms of Milton Zoning Bylaw Section 5A1 to remove the existing hip style roof and replace it with a gable roof with a 14 by 16.9 foot shed dormer on the home at 377 Pleasant Street. Said addition to be to render the building a three-story building when only a 2.5-story building is allowed under Section 5A1 of the bylaw. The residence is, was built in 1922 or thereabouts in the resident C zone and is considered to be a pre-existing, dimensionally pre-existing non-conforming. All is set forth in the application and plans on file with the board. My name is Virginia Donahue King. I am the zoning administrator and member of the Board of Appeals and will be the, um, the board for this particular hearing tonight. Um, I see that we have um, Mr. and Mrs. No. No, is that how you pronounce it? Uh, close, yeah, no. No, yeah, okay. Just no, it's fine, yeah. I was trying to make it, okay. No problem. Um, if you'd like to um, tell us about your, um, your application, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, First off, um, nice to meet you and thank you for your time today. I know everyone's um, super busy. Um, so essentially my wife and I moved into Milton a couple of years ago during the pandemic. Uh, we have two little girls um, that'll be going to uh, Cunningham or Collicott in a couple of years. Um, you know, we're settled into the house and we're looking to uh, essentially convert our attic into livable space. Um, Twee, my wife is 100% remote at the moment. Um, so effectively one of the bedrooms is, is her office. Um, so it would be nice to get the bedroom back. Um, we thought the attic space could be a good good spot to do it without disturbing the footprint of the house. Uh, we would prefer not to build out into the yard or into the driveway. Um, and the other intent is to perhaps get a, a full bathroom um, into the attic space as well. Right now we only have one shower, um, you know, to support the two little girls. Um, it's doable, but um, what would be nice is uh, if we ever have family over, Staying the night, just having the extra um, bathroom would be really nice. Um, with the hip roof, with the hip roof, the way it is now, we don't have enough head height to meet building code. Um, I think for fire safety reasons and for um, insulation purposes. Um, so we spoke with an architect. She thought with the gable roof that would that would give us the head height that we needed. Um, also, without disturbing the footprint of the house, um, and that's that's kind of where we're at. Um, she drew up the plans. Um, we didn't intend to violate the square footage calculations. Um, we were trying to keep things to a, um, um, a half, two and a half stories, but just the way that it's calculated, we, we, we violate the square footage constraints. Um, and it's further worsened by adding the dormer, um, but we actually need the dormer because the way the, the stair is placed, um, that's where the dormer would be. So essentially if there was a fire, I guess that, that would be required to have um, at least at the minimum proper head clearance for for the egress um, at the stairs. So okay. yeah, okay. that's that's kind of it in a nutshell. Okay, we have plans on file um, uh, with plot plans and so forth, um, as well as um, structural um, and architectural designs. Um, and the square footage that is asked for, um, for people that don't know, the square footage um, to keep it under three stories is if it's two thirds of the square footage of the floor, the story beneath, quite right below that, exactly below that. And in this situation, um, oh, I lost my 
my notes on this. It is. Yeah, I have the rough numbers um, off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, I got it here. It's, um, okay. You would be allowed 597 and the proposal creates 750 square feet. So it's it's not a big, um, a big amount that you're asking for. And um, so um, it looks like you will be other, other than changing the hip roof to a gable roof, um, it's going to look um, it consistent with the current house and so forth. And you're not gonna be yeah. adding anything that doesn't go with it. Um, let's see, is there, and there's nobody here that would like to speak about this? Looks that way. Have you talked to your neighbors about this at all? Yeah, we've mentioned it um, in passing. Um, and we told them what we plan to do. And, um, you know, from the few that we've spoken with, nobody has had any major objections. Um, at least they haven't voiced it, voiced it to us. Your neighbors to the right, um, that which is where the, um, the shed dormer will be, have you spoken to them? We have, yes, yeah. And they're in favor of that? Yes, as far as we know, yep, the Scots. Okay. Well, this is um, this is kind of an easy one then. Um, if we um, we have to allow you to have a, a three three story building rather than the two point five because of that difference of about a hundred little less than one hundred and fifty feet. So um, I am going to deliberate here and now, and the um, the plans seem um, very reasonable to do. It's going to make your house fabulous and um, much more. Um, accustomed to today's living where people do in fact work from home yeah, and need space right. for that, you know, different space than, than what you're using for other things for practicality's sake. And it's not a huge amount beyond what um, the bylaw has. So that I, I think this is this is done with um, with safety in mind and utility in mind without trying to make it um, bigger than it needs to be. And so um, I am of the opinion this would be a, a great addition to the neighborhood and certainly for your family. And um, I am going to approve the, the special permit for this to happen. Excellent, thank you. So, thank you. Congratulations and enjoy your new home. I hope you um, can bear through the construction portion of it, but yeah. <laughs> hopefully yeah. that will go quickly now that it's nice and weather. Yeah, awesome. No, thank you, that's great. So it's again, gonna yeah. take it's going to take a couple of, uh, it might take a couple of weeks. I'm going to, I'm going to try to promise you a little earlier than that um, okay. to get a decision written on this. And at that time, um, Julia will be um, filing that decision with, um, with Susan Galvin, our town, town um, clerk, and there'll be an appeal period, even though nobody has shown up to, um, to, to say that they don't want this, there is still that statutory appeal period. So once that 20 days of the appeal period is over, um, you'll be contacted and you can at that point pull the building permit and start the construction. So good luck and I hope you and your family enjoy the house for many years to come. Thank you, I appreciate awesome. it. You're welcome. Alrighty. All right, um, okay. yeah, that's all, that's all I had. So um, I'll leave you all to it then. Um, okay. because, again, if, you have, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Um, you know, we're definitely happy to work with the town. That was, that was always our intent. So. Alrighty. Thank you. Um, Julia, we've got a couple of minutes here between um, between the hearings. Do you yes. have a calendar handy for getting another date for May, perhaps? Yep. 
So far, um, the only day that I couldn't do would be May 2nd. We have a hearing for the 40Bs that day, but um, okay. anything else I can make work. Um, let's see. You're already in the middle. How, how much lead time um, do you need for getting in the paper? What's what's? I need 14 days. Um, needs to run twice, so I need to. Okay. So really yeah. any time in, in May. Mm -hmm. um, I've got... Um, would perhaps Tuesday the 16th be good? Yep. Okay, let's do that. And do you want to start them around four again? Yeah, I think that, um, does that work out for you? Yeah, that works fine. Good. Okay, kind of allows me to do supper and so forth afterwards. Mm -hmm. I have to call out for it. <laughs> yes, all right, perfect. Let's do it in the calendar. Okay. And our next one, I have a little bit of a problem with on this one. I know two of the abutters quite well. Mm -hmm. um, now, in as much as it looks to be um, a decision over just a, a little bit, of, it's, it's not a huge thing that they're asking for. If no one is against it, um, after, you know, saying that I um, know abutters and so I will recuse myself if I was going to um, be prepared to deny it, which would be mm -hmm. perhaps more consistent with um, abutters, um, because that, that could appear that I was um, favoring um, the abutters as opposed to the applicant. So um, if there's nobody complaining about it, um, you know, it, it looks like a de minimis sort of thing that we can certainly allow. So okay. Other than that, but I, I do have to preface it with all of that. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know how that slipped by. I guess I just didn't look hard enough at the address until today when I went to look at the site. It was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not this one. That's no. Next one is 191 Adams. 190, okay. Yes, that is the one I was talking about. I got okay. Mixed up. Okay. Okay. I'll bring them over to a panelist and we can okay. still wait till 415, but I'll just bring them over. Yeah, by the time that's done, we might be there, right? <laughs> Hello. 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 We have to wait for like two minutes. Okay. The, uh, you know, that's well, true. Yeah, you get out and you can be out here.
Can you hear us? Just want to make sure Matt came off his computer. Yes, we can hear you. I can't hear you though. Hmm. Hmm, really? I can't hear you guys. <laughs> Hold on. Jenny, you can hear me, right? Yep. I'm going to call in on my phone so we can hear you. Hmm. Enter your participant ID. Enter the meeting password, followed by pound. You entered eight. Okay. One, one, yeah. six, nine, six, six. Can you guys hear me now? Can you hear me? We yes. can hear you. Yep. Oh, can we can hear you now? Okay, good. Great. Okay, great. Well, that brought us right, right up to the time that we need. So we'll start the 415 hearing upon the application of Matt Freeman by his attorney, Marie Larry of January 19th, 2023 for a special permit from the terms of Milton Zoning Bylaw Section 6C3 to build an 18 by 21.5 foot one-story addition to the rear of his home at 191 Adams Street, which would be 9.6 feet from the right side lot line when 15 is required by the bylaw. The property is, is in a residence A zone and is currently conforming in use and dimension. All is set forth in an application and plans on file with the board. Um, so in that file, we have um, we have a number of different papers. We have um, a denial letter from Mr. Pondak saying that he, you need to um, come and see the Board of Appeals to get approval for your project. We have a plot plan from, I don't have a date on that right now, but it's, it is by C.S. Kelly Land Surveyors. Um, we have a location of the, um, of the residence on our Google map. And we have um, um, architectural plans from a number of different views of the house that will show what the new addition is, is proposed to be looking like and floor plans for that as well. Um, and some structural designs as well. And that is the interesting part of it. Nobody, <laughs> nobody seems to have brought in any um, letters in favor or against it. But if you would like to tell us about your project, we can um, we can discuss that. Great, great, great. Um, and if you just oh, if you just uh, state, state your name and address um, before um, <clears throat> speaking, so that we uh, before uh, adding your information, just so that we can know who's speaking and have a good record for it. Okay.
think you're muted. Yeah. Can you hear me now? There's a big echo on it, which is kind of difficult. Can you hear me now? Yes. And while um, that better, and also yes, it's much better. Now, there, uh, like, now we can't hear you. Now Hold on can. one second. Go back to yours. I'm going to mute mine. Can't hear you. I think they're going to bring it up on his phone. No. Can you hear me now? There's, there's a lot now. Yes, I can see we can't hear you when we do that. Oh. Weird. Should we do it via phone? I think that might be helpful unless it's something that you need to show us, but I don't think so because your file seems quite complete. So I can keep the video on it will mute and I'll call it. Okay. Okay. All right, how about now? There's still an echo, so maybe if we speak slowly. Shut, shut that down. I'm going to leave the meeting. I'll be on here. Okay, how about now? How about now? That's good. That's good. Okay. All right. okay. I, have, I have one other thing that I need to say. Um, it came to my attention this afternoon that I know two of the abutters quite well. And... Um, not knowing what to do because um, trying to get somebody else to cover this um, this hearing um, at this stage of the game would be um, onerous. So um, my my idea is that if I were to rule against you, that would be in favor of in butter of butters perhaps. So if your case is such that I would like to rule for it, then I don't see that any kind of um, conflict of interest would be arising. So if that's problematic to you, let me know. But I think. Um, you know, I, I don't think that we're going to have any um, conflict here as far as um, the, the, the abutters go. So if I were to allow this, there would be no conflict of interest. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Okay. So um, if you change your mind anywhere through this, you let me know. Okay. Okay. We're good. Sounds good. 
Back to you. Um, so we uh, have been here just about nine, coming into our ninth year here. I'm, um, uh, I'm Matt Spring and grew up, in, grew up on Windsor Road in Milton, so I'm very familiar with the town. Um, when we purchased the house, um, currently right now there is a um, 18 by 20 patio um, that unfortunately has seen better days and it's sinking and uh, we need to get immediate attention to it within the next year. Our thought was to expand on the house to do more of a four season porch, vaulted ceiling, floor to ceiling windows, and just to, just to really enjoy the backyard. I do about St. Michael's Church, so it's nice. There's really no one behind us and, it, and it's great. So just a, you know, just a 18 by 22 addition, no heat, no, uh, we're not putting heat out there. We're not putting um, uh, water or anything like that. My understanding when the house was built in 1957, there was a structure on top of this patio already. And it was taken down like 10 years ago by the previous owner. So my understanding, the previous owner before the previous owner, if that makes sense, was a woman by the name of Loretta McLaughlin. And Loretta um, was the one that had put on a structure on top of her porch. So basically what we're doing is we're trying to get rid of the problem with the patio and put up, put up a three, three to, uh, excuse me, a four season porch. And have you talked to your neighbors about this particular? I have to, um, yeah, I've, I've spoken to uh, Nancy Gallagher, who is my, um, she's at 201 Adams um, in her family. And I've talked to Judy and um, Rich Bow. They actually came over over the weekend to see my plans. Um, my other neighbor, um, Sandy and Greg Downs, I have not been able to reach or contact, but I figured if they did, because of the meeting being public and all that, we could, mm -hmm. they'd be on here now. And um, where are Sandy and Greg um, in comparison to your, your plot of land? Are they- They're um, to the left. They're to the left, okay. So the, the yep. side that, that, that you're not building on. The side that I'm not building on. And, and the we bows actually are put to the right where you are building. The bows are to the right, yep. Okay, uh, very good. Um, so um, this, this will be something that will, you know, um, that will conform to the plans that you have here on file and you're not going to be adding anything crazy that's not there and no. substantially comply with all of that. Okay, yeah. um, well, I think I have all the information I need as long as nobody else is out there wanting to speak, Julia, nobody? Okay, that's good news in this case. So um, I'll deliberate about that here and now and close the, um, the evidentiary portion. Um, this this seems like um, you know uh, kind of using the same space that that's already been there, even though it's kind of structurally not quite the same, and fixing a problem at the same time. Um, it's it's rather de minimis when we're talking. Um, you know, um, what do we have? A little over five feet that we're we're talking about here mm -hmm. on a rather large um, large properties at that point. And having um, talked to the bows and, and shown them your um, your plans, 
um, and they have no problem with that. I see no reason for me to have a problem with it. So I'm voting here and now to um, grant you the special permit for the Four Seasons Sunroom. So I'll be writing a Wonderful. decision on Thank this. Thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. And um, I'll be writing a decision on that that I'll be um, giving to, um, to Julia. Um, she will be passing that on to um, the town clerk's office where they will have a 20-day appeal period. So even though nobody has shown up here, they do have that kind of last chance option to do that. Um, doesn't happen often, so I wouldn't worry too, too much about it. But um, at, at that 20-day period of, after filing it with the town clerk, at that point, you'll be able to pull your um, building permit. And the other thing that you might want to do is... Um, I neglected to mention that to the nose just before this. You might want to, uh, you probably want to have a, a copy of this decision on file with the um, Registry of Deeds so that right. when you decide you've, um, you know, you've, you've been in that house long enough and you're ready to move on to some other place, <laughs> that that will follow mm -hmm. the people that buy it from you and there's no problem with it. So Great. Um, good luck with um, that. I did have one question. Yes. I so um, the contractor that we are using, mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, is not going to be available until January of 2024. Oh. 2024. Yeah. So um, um, we just got that information. So I didn't know does does this expire? Because I can I can do the project in two phases. I prefer not to. Right. Meaning I can I can take I can have an excavator come in to start the work. Um, to be quite honest, that's not the route I want to take just because the my patio is caving in. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you, so I yeah. what, was there a time frame that I have to you know, do all this? I don't have that in front of me right here. Um, so I wish I could speak with certainty. No, here. no worries. It just escapes me at this moment, but I believe it needs to be completed within a year. So me, that's what I've been told by other people, but I just wanted to make sure if I do start um, in the project, it, it, it's it's not a like a, once he starts, um, he said it's soup to nuts done within a month. So I should be within the time frame because right, if you, you don't issue know if, your if, a March snowstorm you, or something will be problematic. Right. Yeah. If you issue in, so if we're looking at 30 days from here, we're into May now. So uh, he, I did tell him that we want to make sure, and he said he'd be, he'd be, you know, barring weather. He said, once the roof is on, you're, it's the roof. He's like, mm -hmm. that's it. But okay. I just wanted to bring that to your attention. But we, we should be wrapped up within 12 months. Okay, that's that's the key. And if you find, um, you know, you've got the date, and you know, it's going to be from when I. It, it'll be a few weeks from now, anyway. I can I can delay it a little bit, yeah. right? Get up. <laughs> but, um, Thank you. Back, give myself a little time. I think I'll do that. Um, if you find that you're getting close to that date, though, talk with Miss um, Folsham, and she'll be able to give you an extension on that. We will be able to do that, but Fabulous. it's something you have to Great. do proactively, as opposed to say, "Ooh, I forgot to do it." So. Just, just oh, watch great. the date on that, and um, and you you can do that. You can do that if you, if something great. starts to be problematic with your. I appreciate that. Okay. Great. Okay. Excellent. Thanks everyone great for luck. your time, and sorry for the technicalities yeah. here. Sorry. No worries. We got through it. That's Literally. the main thing. <laughs> Take care. All right. Thanks again. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. And now the one that's going to be long. Yes. Okay.
Start promoting people over. Do you know how many people might be wanting to speak at this? I had quite, I, I forwarded you all the emails and I can see that some of the neighbors are here. Um, okay. So okay. they'll probably raise their hand. Um, okay. So if at some point you want to ask me if whose hands are raised, I can promote them over. Okay, that's great. That's but for now, I'll promote Marion and then the applicant. Okay. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hey, good afternoon. Hello. Will and Danielle Chauvet. And Mary McKittrick. Oh, oh, and Marion. <laughs> nice to meet you, Marion. Yes, I know. We've never actually met face. Yes, by Zoom. Yes, nice this to meet you. This happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice to see you, too. Nice to see you. And we are at 4.30, so I'm going to call the 4.30 um, hearing to order on the application of Guillaume and Danielle Chauvet by their attorney, Marion McKettrick for a variance at 12 Morton Terrace to convert their existing single family home to a two family home. The applicant's residence is located in the residence C zoning district. The home was built in approximately 1928 and for much of his existence was considered a legal two family home. In 2011, this home was converted to a single family home. The Milton Zoning Bylaw Section 3A use regulations generally prohibits creation of two family homes in a residence C zoning district as all set forth in um, the application and plans on file with the board. My name is um, <clears throat> Virginia Donahue King. I'll be constituting the board at this hearing. I'm the zoning administrator as well as a member of the Board of Appeals. So I'll be making the decision on this. Um, we, have, um, we have a denial letter from, oh, you have your, your application, a denial letter from Mr. Prondack. Yes. Here to um, take a look at that. We have a letter from um, Attorney McKettrick outlining um, what your plans are and why we should allow that. Um, a plot plan and um, floor plans of the home as it currently is and what you would you propose to add to that at the time. Um, we have some photographs and the property record card and a map of the area, um, which is helpful because we are going to be um, probably hearing from some, if not all, but um, there have, there's been a lot of correspondence on this. Um, yes. Initially, we got um, several, um, we got several letters from neighbors in favor of, um, in favor of the um, the application, and um, today we um, or yesterday and today we got um, a, a even greater amount of people in um, in opposition of this. So I suspect some of those people are going to be able to talk. I have I have the names of all of them. I can just briefly go through that. Um, those in favor were David Kaufman of Ten Morton Road, Sandra Almeida from Twenty Morton Road. Um, 
Daniel Jaffe and Ann Carpenter from Five Morton Terrace, Robert and Jerry Moffat of Ten Morton Terrace, Marge, Margaret Conant, Margaret Conant, yes, at 11 and 11A Morton Street, Morton Terrace, excuse me, Tom Way from 38 Morton Road, Deborah Alcibai of 11 Morton Road, um, William Crick and Karen Clark of 80 Elliott Street, and Owen Hartford and Penelope Partridge of 45 West Side Road. Um, we also have um, against the application, um, you know something? I didn't print that off. I'm very sorry. Um, there are 16, sig 17 signatures, excuse me, um, on a petition as well as letters from um, Oh, the, the petition of people from Morton Terrace, all Morton Terrace, and um, the letters are from Joe Zakoria and Allison Cooper of 8 Morton Terrace, and David and Jessica McCulgan from 15 Morton Terrace, and Brianna Halloran at 7 Morton Terrace. So, um, so there's a lot of interest in this. So we, yes. we want to we treat this with a fine tooth comb and make sure that we do everything by the book. So, um, okay. Ms. Um, Attorney McKetrick, I'll turn it over to you. Okay, thank you. Um, I've been um, talking to the Chauvets for quite some time about this application before it was filed, um, about the concept um, and what they were planning to do. So I just want to give a little background and I think it's been provided in our letters as well. Um, the Chauvets have been have owned this property since 2009, and at the time they purchased it, actually they lived in a two-family house on Morton Terrace. So they moved from the one two-family to this two-family, and they lived here for a little while, and they had young children, and they decided that they would like to use the entire house um, for their family use while their children were young. And that meant discontinuance of what was a legal pre-existing non-conforming two-family. As most two-family structures are in Milton, they were built before 1938. They're legal, um, even if they don't meet the, the bylaw requirement for a special permit for a two-family, which is you have to have a two-family house on either side of your property. In the case of the Chauvets, it does happen that they have a two-family house on the, uh, the right side, they have a two-family house to the rear. There's another two-family house next to it, next to that rear location. Um, and there are two other two-family houses on Morton Terrace, which is a relatively short street. It ends um, with a gate that goes into an uh, apartment development that was built a few years ago, but probably since the Chauvets bought their property. So they're surrounded by a mix of 13. Uh, 2013. 2013. Right. So um, they're surrounded by a mix of uses. They're close to Elliott Street, where there's a mixture of two families and one families. Um, and they were very happy with this neighborhood and wanted to stay in it. Um, now their children are grown up. They're away at college or older. And what they would like to do is to go back to using the house as a two family. They would like probably to provide space for one of their children to live in separate living quarters in the house. And unlike most people who are coming back in for special permits for except for um, you know relatives, their house doesn't they don't need to build an addition in order to create a second apartment unit. Their house is already designed as a two family. And all they did when they took out the two family uses, they took out the kitchen on the second floor. They they also in conjunction with that 
Um, they added a very nice looking left side porch and exit from the house. And they needed a variance for that in 2011 because it was a little bit too close to the front lot line. And they received the variance. It was not a variance to change from two family to one family because no variance is required to do that. Um, so um, at this point, it would be very helpful to them to be able to go back to use the two family use. And even though it was in existence for 83 years and has been out of existence for like 12 years or something, the variance, the, the use has lapsed and the Milton zoning bylaw requires that you have to apply for a new variance in order to, to go back to the two family use. And um, we're certainly aware that when people look at an application to convert single family to two family, they say, well, we don't do that in Milton. You know, it's gonna change the neighborhood. And I think those are some of the concerns that we're hearing from neighbors. We do wanna emphasize that this home was used for 83 years as a two family use. Several neighbors who have been here for a long time have written letters supporting the Chavez and saying that, you know, there never was a problem with the two family use before and they will not expect to have any problem with it now. So um, I, what, what I'd like to do um, is, I received the petition, thank you to all the neighbors who signed that this morning and the statements that were at the top of the petition. So I'd like to address some of those statements and then I know we'll have further discussion and there are a lot of other people probably who want to speak. Um, you've already, uh, we've already reviewed the history of the property um, and the reasons the Chevet made those, these changes. Um, they, at this point, they're not proposing to change the residence. They'll recreate a door that was already there in the front of the house with a step, but no porch in order to still have a second entrance in the front of the house. But there is nothing about the exterior other than that that will change. And the, the changes will be made basically to restore a kitchen on the second floor will not be visible to neighbors. Um, the, um, I think that the house has a long driveway. It's not particularly wide. It allows a number of cars to be parked, you know, end to end. There's also space in this lot to add one extra space in the front if they wanted to, or an extra space or more than that in the rear, if that were necessary to accommodate additional cars because of the change back to the two-family use. The Milton zoning bylaw for two-family use just requires one parking space for each apartment. We all know that's pretty unrealistic today that people have more cars than that. So parking is always an issue when you're thinking about these uses. And I want you to know the Chavez have thought about it and that there is a way to add additional parking should it become necessary, whether it's their own child living in the apartment or a tenant. Um, so, you know, you've, you've reviewed the petitions. I, I think there are something like 11 um, addresses that have, you know, written support letters. There's maybe nine addresses that have written letters in opposition. The point here really is neighbors are very divided on this application. And I understand that. So they're the Chavez, Chavez and um, we, we would like to be able to respond to your concerns and sort of prove to you that there isn't any, there isn't anything to be worried about. So I'm just gonna run through some of the um, statements in the petition and just try to address them. The first one is that this change will disrupt property values. There are two other existing two family residences on Morton Road, on Martin, Martin Terrace. And there are already um, 
existing two-family residences to the rear of this property. There's already a multi-family apartment that was approved recently with overlay zoning um, on one side of this property. Um, and all of the residences on the street are highly desirable. It's a great neighborhood. And it was a great neighborhood when the Chauvets lived in a two-family house, and it's a great neighborhood today. The change back to a use that was there for 83 years it just doesn't seem like anything that would diminish property values. And the general information about, you know, two family units and in our neighborhood are that they don't diminish property values. Um, so if people don't take care of their houses or something like that, that affects all of us. And that happens in all neighborhoods from time to time. But that has not been the case with this property. It's beautifully maintained and really very attractive. And, and it's, um, it's a building that was designed as a two family. When you look at the structure, it's a little bit more interesting. It has an interesting roof um, shape from the top, but it's pretty clear that it, it could very well be a two family house. Uh, the second point that was made was that this will create a precedent. And this is really not true. We are not asking to convert an, an existing single family that's been a single family for you know 50 or 100 years into a two family. The applicants are asking to return to a two-family use that was in place for 83 years. It's pretty much proven itself by that long history that it's part of the neighborhood, that that two-family use works fine, and there really shouldn't be any problem with it. Um, so the only type of precedent this would establish was if there were another neighbor who had had a two-family who converted back to a single-family use and then 10, 12, or 14 years later said, yeah, I'd like to use it as a two-family again. We're not aware of any property like that. If there were, yes, I think this case would create some sort of precedent or prior decision-making that might apply in that case. But every zoning case has particular facts and circumstances, and this one is no different. So, it, you know, one decision doesn't necessarily lead to a whole raft of others. And in this case, I don't see how it's, it's any kind of a, a troublesome precedent. There were safety concerns expressed with the increase in street traffic. Well, there's a well-established history of prior two-family use with this, this property, and there were two families in the, in the neighborhood, and traffic is related largely to how many cars each house has, especially in the streets to get in, um, and whether people persist in parking on the street rather than in their driveways. That's why we talked about driveways and how much space there is for a driveway at this house. Um, the Chauvets will create adequate space should they need it. They, um, to their knowledge, when they bought the house, they looked at the two family in use and then and they uh, did not find any reports of any problems with that use. And the letters from neighbors have attested to that. Those have been there a long time. Um, the, the next concern was also a safety concern um, identifying the fact that there is a uh, fire department right-of-way access at the end of Morton Road, and there's a gate on that access. And that's because when the development there was completed a few years ago, they wanted to keep using the fire hydrant at the end of Morton Terrace, so fire department has to have access through that gate. That doesn't present an issue. Um, I mean, if people on the street park there, they're blocking it. That doesn't apply to the Chauvets any differently than it applies to other residents on the street. And they shouldn't park there. And if the car isn't enforcing the fact that they can't be parking there or they don't have appropriate signage, then the town should be doing that enforcement. It is not, it is not the responsibility of the Chauvets just because their house happens to be at the end of the street. And it is, it's a shared responsibility for everybody who lives on the street. 
Um, I've already addressed parking, but parking was the next point. It was just listed as a concern. Again, this property has adequate space for multiple cars in their current driveway, and they can create more off-street parking space by creating a space next to their existing driveway if it's necessary. The applicants intend to reinstitute two-family use. They are not, they want to stay here. I mean, this is this is a plan for their future as they get older. Um, it's a lot like some of these temporary apartment uh, applications that we see. They like to age in place. They like to have family members living in the house, but you know, their family members would like to have separate living quarters. Um, they have no intention to create a condominium use, and they have no intention to sell to a de developer to create a condominium use. And in fact, the applicants and I have discussed whether or not they would agree to a condition if this variance were to be granted that the property must remain as rental property. So um, that's not something that was uh, listed on this petition, but um, it is something that I have seen done in other applications. It's not common. Um, it's actually rather unusual, very unusual for an owner to offer that, but that would be a condition that they would agree to. And finally, I just wanna say that at the top of this petition that was taken around the neighborhood, I'm sure people are very interested in this and have been looking at it, but it doesn't say that this was a, a pre-existing pre non-conforming two-family use for many years. It just says that the applicants plan to convert to two-family. So it is possible, maybe that's not true, that some of these neighbors don't know of the history of this property and they're concerned about just the straight conversion. So in any case, um, I'm looking forward to a good discussion. We'll decide what to do after we hear from everybody. Um, I know there's another hearing because I'm representing the applicant. <laughs> It's a quarter of five, and um, so we'll try to figure out how to make sure everybody has the chance to speak. I know your your hearing officer will do that, and then try to decide how to proceed without overly burdening everybody with a really long hearing tonight. So thank you very much. That's it. I don't know if thank the Chauvets want to add anything now, or whether we'd like to whether the chairman the um, whether Virginia King would like to open it up to comments. Well, one thing I'd like to do before opening it up to the neighbors um, speaking, I, I know um, Mrs. Biketrick has, has addressed a lot of those concerns. Um, so I, I would, I would, I know who's, who's for and who's against. I, I've read all of your letters. Um, you don't need to say anything again. You can, if you want to, but if it's, if it's something that's already been said, it probably makes sense not to say it again and um, belabor it, but more, um, is is there a way of finding um, finding some way of, um, how, what can you live with? I'm not saying I'm deciding to have this converted back to a two family house, but sometimes it's better to um, say what you can't live with as opposed to what you want. So you can live with a lot of different things. But there's not a whole lot that you you know that, that you can't live with. So if there's something that you can't live with, I certainly want to know about that. Um, I, I I looked at the property this afternoon. There is there is nothing on the the fence that says anything about um, that it's a it's an access for um, the the building on Elliott Street. I assume that fire trucks would not be coming down um, Morton Terrace. I think that would be kind of a frightening vision, but um, so it, it appears that it's for the purpose of getting access to the hydrant as opposed to needing to get you know large trucks and so forth through that. So um, so I don't 
I don't understand. I don't know exactly what the safety issues are on that. There certainly could be, and I'm well aware of that. If that's something that has to, you know, open and there's a car there and nobody can get, you know, the car out of the way, that that could be a problem. But if it's simply opening opening the 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 gate, getting hose in there, and um, fighting the fire, um, that that's an, that's another concern altogether. So whether it's a access for a fire truck or if it's access for a hose is a very different thing. Um, so anyway, I, I would like to open it up to people that would like to say things. I think um, generally, just let me just say, it's very difficult to get a house transferred into a two-family house from a one-family house. It's a very difficult thing to do. Um, and and but there are ways of doing it. If you, if, you are a, if you are a single family house and you have two family houses on both sides of you, that is that is a situation where you can in fact turn your home into a two family two family house. Um, this is a situation where, um, well, behind behind the house is a two family house. To the side is an apartment building, and across the street, although that doesn't count, it's supposed to be on either side, um, is a two family house. So there is there is some, um, you know, there there is some. Um, Given that there's more size to this house than <laughs> than usually are because of the configuration of the street, um, there are a lot of two-family houses there. Um, again, I'm not I'm not making a decision at this point. I'm just I'm just pointing out some of the things that um, um, that we we do have to look at. So it is difficult for that. However, um, there's not a lot of situations where a house has been a two-family house and has been converted to a one-family house and wants to go back to a two-family house. Um, and it's, it's um, you, you know, it's it's not something that's it's done willy-nilly. I'm hearing here. I'm hearing these are long-term. Can I ask you when did you when did you buy your house, Mr. We, bought, we bought the house in 2009. We've been here for 14 years. Okay, so you lived in it as a two-family house for a short while, and then as a one-family house. Yes. Um, your kids are grown. Um, aging in place has um, become a far more um, important thing that we're thinking about now that we um, we baby boomers are getting a little bit older here. So, um, so, so these are concerns that I, I think a lot of people have, and you'll see in-law apartments and everything about this. Um, it is easier to get an in-law apartment, and um, <laughs> and and that's a temporary apartment, as we say. It's a temporary apartment, right. so there's there's some there's a different level of um, of standard that you have to hit to get um, a two-family house as opposed to um, a temporary apartment in a one-family house. So there there are things there are things that um, in another location with a different history. This this might not ever even come to the Board of Appeals, but this is a rather unique situation. I've been on the board for, for decades now, and, and this is the first one I've ever seen. Um, so I do wanna give um, people a chance to um, give their opinions on things. I don't wanna, um, I don't wanna, uh, you know, I don't wanna make anyone feel they shouldn't speak, but I will ask as time goes on, if people have said your concerns, that's probably enough because I've heard them, I've written them down, I'm thinking about them, and um, it it 
it won't help to say it again, okay? Unless there's something, some other point that I haven't heard already. So that's just in the interest of everybody's time. And so I would like to open it up if people would like to um, ask questions of the applicants um, or you know, state some things that they'd, they'd like to say. And what I would like this to do is to, um, I'd like to see if there is a way that perhaps some conditions could be put on this. I, I already know that there would have to be a conditions on parking. I, the, the driveway is, um, is, is, is almost, um, how shall I say, well, there's a fence over it. So, um, so it, it looks kind of like there's not a long driveway at all. So there's gonna have to be some, some changes made in the parking situation there in order for this to become we, so that, that is the we can address that right away. The fence, okay. the fence swings open and can be attached to the fence on the side. So it's it's a moving fence. It's, it's for the dog. It's, it's just for our dog to have a fenced-in yard. Mm -hmm. But the fence, um, there can be two uh, cars parked in front of that. And then that fence, that long piece section of the fence, swings open against uh, the fence on the side of it. So it opens the entire uh, width of the driveway opens. I probably would remove the fence anyway to create a parking in the back. Uh, the, the fence, I'm the one who put it up this winter for the dog. Okay. And, and so um, before the fence went up, how many parking spots were available there? In the back three. Well, no, when, Three or four? no. when we bought the house, there was a gravel parking lot in the back. So you yeah. could park as many cars as you wanted. We've since transformed it into a garden. But there is a section when you come down the driveway that can be put with um, concrete grass pavers. But the driveway itself, in tandem, you can fit five cars. Okay. And... Um... Okay, so let me, with, with that in mind, if we're talking about parking and so forth further into this um, hearing, um, that would be something that we all should keep in mind. Okay. okay. Thank you. Any hands up, Julia? No hands are up yet. Anything you wanted to add, Daniel? No. Um, I, I would like to say something. I don't know, should I wait until after um, our neighbors speak? Oh, you, can, you can speak. Okay, since nobody else is chiming. Yeah, sure. um, so I would like to say, if our neighbors are listening, um, I'm so grateful to everybody that supported our plan. And for those that opposed it, um, I think it's important to remember that Guillaume and I, this is going to be a two-family owner-occupied house, as is the two other two families on the street. And we... Ours and it's not as though we're selling our house and cleaning our hands and moving on. There's no investment anymore in the town, the community, or the street. We plan to live in this house. We've lived here for 14 years. We're invested in this community. We love our neighborhood. We love our street, and we love our neighbors. And this is just something that at this point makes sense to us. But we we want what everybody else wants on this street. We want it to be the street that it is, and we don't want to affect it in any way. And we don't think that the family, the house going back, restoring it back to a two-family impacts any of that. We don't see we don't see that change happening. So that's just what I would want to say to our neighbors. Those of you that are opposed, I respect your opposition. 
but I, I think that it's important to realize also that a street is something that is dynamic. The street, the way it is today, will not stay that way. It's not going to stay stagnant. The children will grow up. They will become teenagers. They will have cars. They will have friends coming over. We will become the oldies on the street. When we were, when we first moved here, we were, we had the, well, we had uh, the old kids. young kids. Our kids were the youngest on the street, other than Nikolai who moved soon after that. And now our children are the oldest. The wheel turns and a neighborhood doesn't stay stagnant. And the, the families that don't have driving kids now will have, uh, we will have at some point in our neighborhood, seven teenagers on the street. And that's great. That's life. That's the street developing and the community developing. Um, so I just wanted to say that, to keep that in mind, that we are as invested in this community as we ever have been. And when that development came on Elliott Street with Mr. Sullivan, we went to every single board meeting and there were a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end, it was practically only Guillaume and I that attended those board meetings. And we fought to have our street, a dead-end street. And we fought to have a no outlet sign put at the end of the street. Those are two things that I think greatly impacted the street. That, that it was questioned that the street was going to be a through street from Elliott Street with the building. And we fought for that. We fought for that dead end. Well, that the gate would be uh, open so that people could from the building could come in the street and walk their dogs, for example. We didn't want that either. So that's all I have to say, because I think Marion has explained why we wanted to restore it back to a two family. Okay, thank you very much. We do have a couple of hands raised. Okay. Um, so I'll start with Jessica and Nicole again. And what I will say is um, if you will please state your name and your address before you speak so that we can have a record of everybody who talks. Um, that would be very helpful. Hi, I'm Jessica McColgan, 15 Morton Terrace. Um, I would love to just start by saying that the, we have had like such a wonderful experience with our neighbors. And that's why it's a little shocking to us that we felt that we were not um, adequately kept in the loop and the letter was a surprise. And when we vocalized concerns, um, it was, you know, we would have appreciated been some of the solutions and coming from the city, our main concern is one, the fire safety. There's only one hydrant. It is often blocked and the throughway is often blocked with overnight parking from um, their children or their children's guests. Um, as recent as in February, there was a car parked there overnight for you know a couple nights in a row. Um, and even now the driveway is tight and the car overhangs and there's barrels blocking that access. Um, and sometimes the sidewalk is blocked as well. And for me, I think a solution would have also been to have the fire department assess the situation um, to give us some sort of clarity of our concerns that really it's fire, you know, with that big building too, if that's the only hydrant, and we saw this recently in Situate, how a fire can damage a whole neighborhood with lack of water access. Um, so it's just a real concern that we have, especially where there's been, you know, illegal parking there from that as a single family. Um, and just obstruction that it takes takes place frequently. So let me ask you if um, if 
if that area was was signed so that nobody could park there, um, that it was a, a fire um, fire gate, um, would that be something that would um, alleviate your your concerns about this? It would be a step. I would I would love to see a fire um, report, you know, with access because that's a thing. As it has been noted, these were um, a two family at a different era. Sullivan's development wasn't there. Um, the average of a two family unit wasn't three cars per unit. We weren't a no outlet to that point that um, Danielle made. They fought for some of these changes for the road, for the better of the street, but it changed, you know, Sullivan's development has changed the dynamic and, um, you know, some of the people who left the city and chose Milton were some of those reasons for, you know, the sleepy dead end, um, element. So I think, you know, this really has changed. And, you know, when you're talking to about the precedent about, you know, creeping back to that point, if Moffitt's, then if, you know, say this variance was allowed, then Moffitt's would have a two family beside them, behind them. So precedent could be established for them to apply. And there's just a whole trickle down effect of, of issues. Like you said, you need a two family. I think there's just, like I said, they're absolutely fantastic neighbors and they've talked about plans and then all of a sudden this was sort of a surprise to the whole street when we got this letter because we weren't really kept in the loop and I think that there could have been a lot of more research um, or things put at ease to for systems of concerns mine mainly being the fire issues that we have okay can I just can, can I just say something briefly Jessica um, with all due respect you and I were raking leaves back in last fall together. I was helping you pick up leaves in front of your yard. And I spoke to you about this project. Dave was away. This was last October, September, October, leaf, leaf season. I spoke to you in length about this project. I, I let you know that we were thinking about restoring our house back to a two family. I mentioned it then to you. You said, let me talk to Dave about it. I saw Dave, Dave travels like my husband, so he was away for a while. And when he came back, I saw him and I spoke to Dave about it. I spoke with the Moffats about this at the same time. I spoke to every single one of my direct abutters and the abutters abutters about this project well before the letter went out. And I was surprised that the letter went out as quickly as it did because I was under the assumption, Marion informed me that the meeting was um, today, and I thought that there was a two-week period, that the letters went out two weeks before. And so there were some people, Allison and Joe, that I had not spoken to yet, that I anticipated speaking to, but I had not gotten around to. But I had spoken to everybody else on this street about it, except maybe for Brennan, because he's a two-family. But Brennan and I had spoken about this at a previous time. Brennan and I had spoken about two families and the possibility to convert this house back to two family. So it's not true that I did not discuss think, this with you. I did. I'm going to break in here. I don't think it's, it's so much a matter of um, if people were informed or not. Um, they, I think it's um, feeling, feeling unheard at, at some point. And okay. I, I think, I think that you, I, you, you did try your best and the timing could have been problematic. But one, one thing that um, Mrs. McCulgan had said is, um, having other other having other um one families on Morton Terrace turning into two families. And so I just 
I would just wanted to know which exactly which house I have my little map here so we can figure out exactly which houses, if any, could be made into two family houses under the current bylaw. And um, I don't think it's going to be Penny. Yeah, you um, said if, if the Moffats, which are which are 10. So if then now if, if they're if Chavez got become two family, then they'll have one to the side in so, the back. So tell me, tell me who who who's in a two family house currently on Morton Terrace? Uh, Peggy, Peggy Conan, she's in 11. Okay. Brennan and Julie Lammers in nine Morton Terrace. And okay. I believe the Moffats are in um, my neighbors. Are they 10 or 12? So they must I'll be 10. I'll tell you in a moment. Um, that's not a lot of family. No, no, no. But Jessica, the Moffats are saying that precedent could be created by having one behind them, beside them, in front of them. Actually, which, actually, well, no. No, they can't. It has to. It has to be on the same street. So even if there's a two-family house behind you, and you, but you have, they use that for your argument for Chavez that behind them is a two-family. Right, but it's not. It's not an argument for actually turning this into a two-family house. That that's not the prime argument. There is an argument that there is one there, and that's absolutely true. Um, following the statute, that would not be how it became a two-family house as a matter of law. So that's why I, I want to confirm here that, let's see, number nine, number 11 are two-family houses. And was there one more on the street that was a two-family house? Just ours before Just we... Just ours, okay. The 12. So currently on the street... Um, 15 might be able to turn into one, even if it's never been one, and that's yours, so I assume that's never going to happen. <laughs> um, and, and that's the only one. That's the only one. So I, I really, I do hear your, um, your concern, um, because when you, when you buy into a neighborhood, you want it to be kind of the same density throughout your time there as it is when you bought, and I, I do get that. Um, but I, I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening on this. But you can see how that could be a concern is yes, as do. precedent because, like you said, you streets are dynamic and they can change. But that you're just opening that window. Precedent though, because um, because 15 has probably never been a two-family house. Is that correct? So correct. there's another precedent going on here that it's a two-family house 11 years ago, 12 years ago. Yeah, but the stipulation to have you know, beside you and stuff like that, it could start to, it just, it opens, it opens the conversation, which could be concerning to the residents. It opens the conversation, but it's a very high hurdle that would have to be, um, would have mm -hmm. to be reached. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's not But to again, say I don't want to get off topic from, yeah, I don't want to get off topic from my main concern is the current like, like I said, currently with the parking situation, it is overhanging into the street, making it difficult, even for Amazon, UPS trucks, barrels blocking the fence, sidewalk mm -hmm. blocked, as is currently. So I just think that's interesting as a single family and they're petitioning for two family, which could only make the situation worse. Well, how is the, how is the sidewalk say... blocked? I'm not, I'm not aware of that. The sidewalk, how is our sidewalk ever blocked? Um, with barrels all the time and with uh, a moped. 
No, the moped no, is always the moped is usually parked on the brick, um, and that doesn't not, affect. Not um, always, and and barrels are used all the time to block the sidewalk when it's not leaf collection, and other times it's it's been happening. It happens. That's, the, that's not true, yes. honey. What I'm I'd sorry. Like, what I'd like to do here is, is, to, is to hear the concerns that, and, and I, I haven't made my mind up yet. Um, I haven't made my mind up yet, but if I were to grant the special permit, I would have conditions on it, and I want to know what conditions would make your life better, and I understand that parking is one of them a major one, I think. And um, certainly we would we would be addressing that and, you know, that there would have to be, um, you know, a certain number of parking spots for this house and they would have to be, they would have to follow it. They would have to follow it. It doesn't mean that they could never park in the street because, you know, you don't, you don't, you're not supposed to park in the street overnight anyway in Milton, but, you know, people are coming to the house and parking in the street. Well, that's okay. Um, but, as far as accommodating all of the cars of the people that may live in this house in the future, that that is something that is my concern today, and that I would have to um, have some conditions that would address that, that would um, be livable um, for all the people in the neighborhood, including you across the street. So um, that's why I'm 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 looking at the parking. You know, if we. If we get some signage on that gateway saying, you know, not to be blocked and everything, and you know, this is this is a fire, this is a safety thing. Um, I I think that that will no longer be um, a place that that where people park. I know that if if you park in the street overnight in Milton, and that would be considered in the street, um, you you get tickets on it if you call. So um, I'm not suggesting that you call every time there might be a car there, but perhaps overnight. That's okay. If you're concerned about your house burning like it did in Situate, that's okay. That's what we have. That's what we have these these rules and and police departments and fire departments for. So, like I say, I haven't decided yet, but I I wanted to address the issue about two family houses, and I think the only one on that street that could convert um, would be yours. So, um, as 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 the zoning stands now, that's the way it is. Yours would be the only one. So as long as you stay there, I don't think that 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 would be a problem. Um, parking is a problem at number twelve, and um, and I I do see that there is a parking spot on the map here, and that's that's going to have to be that's going to have to be used more. It's going to have to be used more. And um, if if this is something, you know, even if it stays as a one family house. That's something that has to be used. It can't. It can't. It can't be parking at the end of the street when, in fact, it's an access for a fire. So, um, I think that's an important thing for everybody to understand. And um, the parking is not allowed there, regardless of of what what happens to this particular house. Okay. Did you have any other concerns you'd like to um, tell me about, or? And nope. not that you not that you need to, because those are those are significant concerns, and I and I applaud mm -hmm. you for bringing those forward. So thank you. No, two more hands raised. Okay. Um, Brian and Bonnie O'Halloran. So. 
Um, good afternoon. Can can everyone hear me? Yes. yes. Oh, wonderful. We can't see you, but that's okay. We can hear you. <laughs> cool. Um, and your address? Uh, Seven Morton Terrace. Okay. Um, uh, so uh, both my myself and my wife have expressed our opinion uh, in both the petition and a uh, letter that you have. Um, like you mentioned, I'm not going to reiterate what was on that, um, but the contents. I'll assume that you're going to do due diligence and, and read our letter. Um, I, um, I had a question. Um, first of all, uh, thanks for um, uh, Ms. McKetrick for the uh, presentation and uh, comments by the Chauvets. Um, during the course of the discussion, I think I heard as a reason um, uh, a family member was moving into the house. Um, and it it occurs to me that um, if it, in such a large home as that, is it really necessary at all to be converting into a two family if in fact, it's just a family member. Um, and I'd like to hear some some comment on that. Okay. Um, either Ms. Chauvet's or Attorney McKetrick would like to um, what, I, enlightening on that. Who wants to? I, I can, if you'd like, or? I'll let you go, Marion. Okay. I mean, I, I'll say this, as I told you, I've been talking to the Chauvets for the better part of a year about this application and what their plans are for the future. I've also uh, represented a lot of applicants for uh, temporary apartments in Milton, and every single one of them has been built in a new addition that was added onto their existing house, and that requires a variance. The Board of Appeals have been granting them because that just, myself. that seems to be the way that's being done. And those situations are all very similar in some ways to what the Chauvet situation is, which is they have adult children. They want to, they either want to move out of the main part of the house or they want the children to move, you know, into the main part and they move into the apartment. But in any case, they want to live together with their extended family and they do want a separate kitchen area. That's why it's an apartment. In the case of the Chauvets, they don't have a tenant lined up who's their son or their daughter. They are expecting that that may happen, and that's one reason they'd like to do this return to a two-family. The second reason is there's only the two of them in the house now, and they don't need all the space that they created for the time that they had young children. And so it makes good sense to them to go back to what was the existing use, which to the best of their knowledge did not create any problem at all when it was here. They lived on the street before they bought the house. Um, and their house, is designed as a two-family. Unlike many of the applicants I see who have all kinds of different designs of houses, including beautiful old Victorians and so on, who don't want to change the interior of their existing house and who add on and then create the small temporary apartment within their, their addition. So this is an unusual situation in my view because the house was previously a two-family and fairly recently. Um, otherwise, my advice would be, you know, we don't have the zoning to do this. Your only option really is, is the temporary apartment. It's a four-year permit. You'd have to keep renewing it. And you have to have a tenant ready to move in. They're, they're, what they're trying to do is just simply go back to what they had before, put some kitchen facilities back in there. They're not trying to say that never in their foreseeable future would they ever have a tenant here that was not one of their relatives. They don't know. 
they do know they'd like to stay here and they could use the house as a two family and they'd like to be the owners with an apartment where they're managing the apartment and, and watching what's happening with it with the apartment um, so no the, the proposal is not today for a temporary apartment under the special permit that that our bylaw provides for that um, i think it's probably somewhat important for you to be aware that they could do that because they would have to come back in when they have their tenant lined up and it would have to be the way the bylaws are written right now it would have to be an, ex, an ex, a relative an extended relative not just a son or a daughter um, but they could do that and they could use the house as a two-family because that's what a temporary apartment permit is for um, but that's I don't know if the Chauvets want to add anything to that that explains I think the approach and the reason really is because of the way the house is the house was built as a two-family and it's designed for that use and is well suited to it you don't really need to create something new some different um, congregation of rooms or even an addition to do it and that's really not the case with most houses that are, that are applying for temporary apartments okay um uh, can i follow have a follow-up uh to that uh, sure. comment yeah sure so um, my experience, uh, my wife and I have four children, and at some point uh, during their um, uh, uh, college years and post-college years, um, they lived in our house. Uh, we don't have a two-family, but, you know, we made accommodations to make that happen. Um, is there uh, some particular reason, can you please go into more detail on why you would need to um, create a two-family for um you know if if you're just gonna have a, one of your kids live there if you'd like me to add to that i can um because i have represented so many applicants for these family apartments two family apartments in milton um these are long-term arrangements many times especially as the parents grow older they they aren't going to move out and they also still want to have their own kitchen and their own separate living area and if it's children, if I know of a case where a niece created an apartment for her aunt, it's not always a child. Um, but in any case, the first and foremost requirement was they wanted privacy and they wanted their own kitchen, even if it was just a tiny efficiency kitchen. And no matter how small a kitchen is, however um, you know limited it is, it's defined that defines uh, the space as apartment space once you once you provide any cooking facilities at all. So I can just tell you that my experience has been that that is the way people want to live when they live in an extended family situation like this. Not everybody does. Every you know you choose to do it the way you want to do it. Um, I've had family members come back and live in my house, and I don't have space to create a separate kitchen. And we manage, but I will say that you know, over time, a second kitchen would have been a lot nicer. Separate living facilities would have been a lot nicer. So. I mean, you know, we all have different ways that we want to live and different objectives, but it's not uncommon at all to desire privacy for each part of the extended family. They may spend a lot of time together. They may have parts of the house that are that they share in common. They may use the yard together, um, but they like to be able to retreat to their private space and they do like to do some cooking in a private space. So that's been my experience. It's not to say that it's necessarily the way you would want to do it. But certainly that's the Chauvet's um, objective and of many other families in Milton that I've worked with. Um, uh, Ms. King, I have a question for you. Um, 
since uh, uh, the Chavez have uh, at, at more than one occasion expressed an interest to have uh, at least one of their kids live there, can you uh, enlighten us on the in-law bylaw that's part of the bylaw bylaws of Milton? I'm completely ignorant. Um, I don't want to waste anyone's time either, but I'd like to hear from you what that means and can, can you talk a little bit about that, please? Yes, um, there, the, there's a bylaw about, um, about temporary apartments that is very specific on who can live in it. Um, it's, it's generally um, not, not a, you know, a, a far-flung family, but, you know, a somewhat um, close family member living there. Um, and, of course, you know, an in-law sort of thing would work as well. Um, and or also a caretaker um, that that could be an unrelated person living there, and and that has happened as well. So it's something that's um, it's you know designed for um, well, it's designed for a lot of different situations. But kind of looking at this situation, it's it's designed for um, although this is not a temporary apartment, um, but a permanent one, it would be and. Um, it's mm -hmm. designed for you know a, a particular a particular use and and somebody needing help whether it be to you know um, you know do shopping get them up in the morning um, whether it be a, a family member or a caretaker but it's it's, it's someone that is um, related in in fact to the homeowner or someone that is necessary for the homeowner to have there to continue to live there as a as a as a health aid sort of thing. And um, when when it becomes empty, the um, or it, it, when it becomes empty, it it reverts to um, it. You must have a plan to show that you're going to con convert the, the space that was the temporary apartment into uh, incorporating it incorporating it back into the one family house. So, in essence, that that typically means removing the um, removing the kitchen, even you know. Stove basically is what we're talking about, and incorporate that back into um, what the, the 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 living um, for one um, one family. So is is that um, it, it is in the um, you can look it up um, on the website for the town website on that. But there's some very specific um, you know parking needs to be taken care of and so forth. It, it, each each case is looked at of, of you know are there going to be more cars in here? Are there going to be caretakers coming in? what is going to be happening here so that it, it doesn't look like a completely changed use of the house is just a somewhat of an addition of the house to um, for for a particular situation which in that case is temporary but um, but temporary can be for many years too you know be, <laughs> certainly be for many many years and um, I think that the the Chauvets are looking at that is is something that could be um, as they get older and need some help, they have somebody upstairs or downstairs that's going to be able to help them out. But they're not looking at that because they don't have somebody that's ready to move in right now. So this would be a, it's it's a different um, it's a different means of accomplishing um, that sort of thing. So there there are two different ways of um, of looking at a second residence in a primary residence. Does that help? Uh, yes, it does. Um, uh, following question: How exactly is it enforced? Um, 
the enforcing of it is, well, building permits are, um, if you build without a building permit, it's at your own peril and you have to take it out. <laughs> so, and, and it does happen where people build things and then they have to, you know, put them back to the way they were. Um, the temporary apartments are renewable. Um, when the person living in the temporary apartment changes, you have to inform the um, the town. And what basically happens is, is, is um, I think I think they're for is it Marion is it five or four years I'm not sure exactly what four years four years yeah so that every four years you have to reaffirm that that person is living there or if it's changed you have to let the town know who is living there so um, it become it comes before the board of appeals every four years and so you know people attest to the who is living in that apartment at the time and if at some point it comes to the point where there is nobody living in that apartment then the building department wants to go in and see that it has been reincorporated into the main part of the house. And um, like I say that, you know, that that tends to be just, you know, removing kitchen items. Is, is that done by filing a complaint or is, or do they just periodically every four years go knock on the door and look? The building department is tracking the um, temporary apartments now. Yep. And uh, so they remind homeowners that it's time to reapply, although you're supposed to keep track of it yourself. Um, and they, if there were a complaint, and you know, generally what the process is, um, is that if there's a complaint to the building department, they have to follow up within a certain, I think it's 20 days. And so if a complaint were filed relating to an existing use of a temporary apartment, then the building department would have to go out and do an inspection and whatever would be required in order to resolve it. The first thing they do is to notify the owner that there's been a complaint and um, it, it, you know, give them an opportunity to cure. That's what it's called. So they can, if they can correct what's wrong, they do that and then they know, you know, they work with the building department. If that doesn't work out, then they'll lose their permit. That's the process. Um, and in fact, that's true of any zoning violation process. So, you know, if you have a complaint, you, you have to go to the building department first, make the complaint. There may be resort to a board of appeals hearing first, but there's an enforcement uh, procedure in housing court. It's a criminal procedure. It's, it's actually pretty onerous and you don't want to get involved with it. <laughs> so um, there's some uh, force behind the ability to enforce these things. Um, and in the case of the uh, Chauvets, um, I've heard a couple of times uh, mentions of uh, one or more of their children uh, living there. Um, why wasn't it suggested that, um, but why didn't, why didn't they ask for the in-law uh, 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 rule by law that we just heard? Um, why doesn't that solve well, their, I can answer their situation. That. Do you want, you want me to answer? Yes. No, I think okay. I thought we had answered that. Yes. Do you want me to answer? Yes, yes. Mary. Yes. Please. Okay. Um, quite simply, because the children are not currently ready to move into the any apartment, they are just anticipating that they they are quite possibly going to be in the future. And the second reason is because their house was a two family. They seemed, it seemed to them this was the most direct and obvious way to convert back to that type of use. Whereas for most homeowners where their houses are single family homes and have always been single family, the temporary apartment is the only route. And if they are ready to provide accommodation or the parents, one of them has a disability or a child with a problem and has to continue living at home, 
that they will pursue the special permit immediately because they have a tenant ready. The, the Chauvets would not apply for that permit at this time because they don't have the tenant ready to move in who would be a child. In fact, they might make these changes and they might not do much with it for a while, but the apartment would be ready to use um, should a child wish to move back in and, and live with them. So, so they're, they're they're applying just in case they have someone move in. Is that what I'm hearing? They're just applying for the two-family use that was always here in this house, and they wanted. I think they've explained to you that that they intend to stay here, and that they would be very open to the idea of having one of their children come back and live in the other apartment. That would be a great arrangement. Their children are at the age when it might be possible that they would want to do that. Um, so that's that's just the general background that I can provide. I mean, they're not saying that they're only the only possible use would be for an in-law apartment, basically for that. And and but since they this house is a, was a two-family house, and they converted it, they changed it themselves. They just felt this was really a reasonable application and would not impose an additional burden on the neighborhood. Um. Uh. So in in that case, um. You know, what I've heard uh, from Ms. King is um, there's um, uh, differences of opinion here. Um, I happen to be in, in opposition. There are people that are in for. Uh, for. Uh, wouldn't it seem reasonable that a compromise might be discussed around uh, an in-law apartment as a uh, as a solution to the impasse? It, to the um, that, that would be a that would be a different um, a different hearing altogether. Be a different application. Yeah. Um, it's it's a very very different um, statute that we're that we're using. Um, so that could not be entertained here. What can be entertained here is conditions that would make um, the neighbors. Um, happier about having it a two-family house than they might be right now and um so that that's the reason that's the reason i'm trying to find out specifically what people are concerned about so that those those things you know if if they can be addressed um that's great if they can't um it, you know it might it might be that this is not the solution Well, in that case, um, what did I guess? Wouldn't it seem reasonable um, that perhaps we not make a decision today, and that we postpone the decision until we've had more discussions around um, uh, some compromise solution? Well, um, I think we need to find out what kinds of things need to be compromised, if that in fact is is something that is possible to do or not. Um, it, it may be that, um, well, it, it depends, you know, as far as, you know, timing on everything, I'm not sure what everyone is thinking on timing as far not everyone, but what the Chauvets are thinking on timing of this conversion, um, or potential conversion. Um, Oftentimes, when there there are um, issues of difference of opinions in a neighborhood, um, this is kind of a you know a more complex one than most. You know, 
but um, you know, when you're adding on um, and something's a little closer to the lot line than, than um, your neighbor wants it to be, we start talking about things like screening and putting up, you know, arborvitaes down the property line and um, things like that. It, oftentimes, you know, things have to do with, with parking. Um, so, um, so these are the things that, you know, we can, we can make conditions um, if, if, if I choose to grant this request right now. Um, now, depending upon what um, the applicants and their attorney um, choose to do, they can in fact continue this hearing to a date in the future um, and, and hold some meetings with the neighbors to see what would be um, comfortable for them. Um, again, I, you know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to say right now either as far as what my decision is because it's, it's a complex decision too. Um, so it, it could be that you come up with um, conditions that are really not imposable. Um, and, and that needs to be um, thought about too. Some things you, you, can't, you can't make your neighbors do. Although there are some things here where we can in fact impose some conditions on this because it is an unusual circumstance. So, um, so I will ask the applicants and Attorney McEttrick, if that is something you want to do and come back and discuss this and, you know, however much time you feel that you might need to accomplish that. Um, or if you, if, if you want to soldier on with this today. We're all here. Right. I, I feel like, uh, I don't know about you, Marion. I, I feel like we've addressed the, um, the issues that were outlined in um, Brian's letter. I, I feel like we've gone over those and we are open definitely um, to, to making concessions to, you know, uh, the parking. Um, in, in talking to people in the neighborhood, that was one of the feedbacks that I got was concerns about traffic on the street um, and, and the parking issues. And this idea that we would, eventually down the road, turn it into a condo, um, which Marion has addressed. Lower the value of the uh, neighborhood. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, open to, I'm open to anything. I'm open to, um, I don't know, Marion, what do you think? Well, I, uh, have, we, have we heard, do we understand what the concerns are from what's been said so far? That's my one question um, to Virginia King, our, our hearing officer. Um, in that case, if I had a list of conditions uh, or, or proposed possible conditions, I would say it would be reasonable to um, continue the hearing to one more day and to come back with a list of conditions that we propose back to the Board of Appeals. Um, we might need feedback or we might not from neighbors. Maybe we've really gotten so much information now, we pretty much know what the concerns are. Um, it, it, we've taken a lot of time so far for this hearing and there is one other hearing after this yes. and the um, the applicant for that hearing is sitting here in my house waiting for it to begin but, oh, and, okay. and I, I do have another hearing at seven o'clock so okay. I just want to you know point out to everybody that um, well it's very useful to hear from each of you and and so I, I asked the hearing officer um, do we want to hear any more concerns different from what we've heard is there anything else that should be brought up. And then 
would you be comfortable with a continuance to a set to, to, a determined date, um, at which time we would come back with proposed conditions and we would go back as well and talk to the, the uh, fire department and the police department about the public safety uh, circumstances at the end of the street. Should there be a sign? Is it no parking? Is it a through way? You know, wh what actually are the rules? And then what can the town do to make it clear that there shouldn't be any parking? I mean, no parking has to be determined by the, par the traffic commission. So there's a procedure for that. So we can't today say, well, let's just say there's no parking there, but we could go to the traffic commission and say, can you create this end of the street space as a no parking zone? Seems kind of obvious that maybe it should be, but it hasn't been. So, I mean, these are some suggestions. Um, I'm hearing mostly about the parking issue. Um, I, you know, we did our best to address the issue about value. I don't believe it will change um, property values. I, I think this is a well-maintained house and will continue to be. Um, and I don't think, and you know, the house was a two-family for such a long time. It, there's no reason to expect that there would be any special impact from this. Just getting more information about that gate might be useful to me. I don't know too much about it. Um, about what's allowed there and what isn't. So that that can take that would we could go back and research that. We'll come back with information about it and some kind of proposal to address those concerns. We can come back with a parking proposal to show where parking can be created, a little bit of additional parking space where there were perhaps was parking space before when this was a two family for many years on the site. We can do that. Um, but what more is there that you know, you feel we should address because I don't want to, um, I'd like it to be productive if we're going to continue it. I don't want to take everybody's time if there's really no point. So I agree. So I would, I would, um, say if we could quickly, um, see if there are any other people that have other concerns that they would like addressed so that we can, um, perhaps in the intervening time between tonight and um, the next hearing, um, some real progress could be made with, with the neighborhood. Um, if, if, that, if that's, you know, it, at least the information will be there so that some progress can be made with the neighborhood if, if it comes to that. Um, you know, there are know. two hands raised. I'm not sure okay. if you want me to click them or not. Mm -hmm. Yes, let's see if we can yeah. accomplish those quickly. Okay, so let's start with Joe. Hey, everyone. Can you hear me? Yes. Hey, good afternoon. Uh, Joe Zacharia, 8 Morton Terrace. Um, so we are the newest to the neighborhood. We moved in August of last year. Um, we love our street. We love Morton Terrace. We really envisioned being in our home for for decades, um, and as, as I, I know, several neighbors have have loved it as well. I think what what I'm hearing in this conversation is that there is the desire to 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 convert back to the two family home, but there is not an immediate family member moving in, which gives me concern that it may become a rental property. Or it gives me concern that in the future it may not be a family member that moves in, and it just it creates a lot of uncertainty and variability associated with the neighborhood that we were not anticipating when we decided to to move on to onto Morton Terrace. And I understand that 
for 83 years, it was a two-family home and that this, this, this street is dynamic. But in 2022, when we decided that this was where we wanted to spend the next 30, 40, 50 years, we really did not want to be in a street with with multiple multi-family homes that were potentially for for re rental and rental units or a more potentially transient community. Um, so, I when I when we were originally alerted to the fact that it was going to be converted to a two-family home for a family member to move in. I was I understood that it was we wanted a, ch a child to, to to be there and to support, but the fact that now that there's a delay between when this is actually taking place and then potentially theoretically in the future, it creates a, a lot of uncertainty and, and anxiety for me and for my young family. Okay, do you um, do you have a question or? Yeah, is, is, is there is there a, a potential stipulation that the tenant? I think that I feel like the temporary housing for an in-law suite feels like the intended use for the for the unit, and I'm just wondering whether there's a potential stipulation that it can be utilized by a family member as opposed to rented to. Or, or pretend I, I don't know. It, it's just it's confusing to me that this 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 structure exists for what the intended use is, but we are not using that structure. When that structure would give give me and our, our me me a lot more confidence that the intended use would be to have a family member, an immediate family member, move in. Well, um, <laughs> I think we get into some property rights here that are probably beyond the um, complexity of this hearing. Um, you know, anybody on the street could could choose to rent their house to anybody that they wanted to, even a one-family house. So um, we're we're not in the business of 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 taking property rights away from people. I totally understand that, and I, but I but I, I think we are in the business of determining whether this is going to grant an ordinance to change the current dynamics of the street, and this this does change the current dynamics of the street. Uh, can, can I say something? Yes, please. Joe, how how do you know you're staying here for fifty years? What I what I'm trying to say is, we don't know. You know that, like you, you're you're saying, you you bought, and you're going to be here for decades. But things change. This is your intent right now. But the the property you bought has changed hand like many times in the past few years. Well, and I th I think what's more important, what I think addresses your concern more, Joe, is this: is that we have two existing two families on the street, and one of them has had a tenant that has been there for, um, I don't know how long Margaret has been there. She's been there longer than most people on the street have been here. I, I don't think that tenants are necessarily equivalent to somebody transient. You have a lot of people that rent for a long time. Uh, you get the right tenant in your, in your unit, you are more than grateful for them to stay. And a lot of the tenants on our street are, are not just tenants, they're part of our neighborhood and they're our friends and we socialize with them. So I, I, I understand your concern. Um, 
but I also feel like, you know, we live in Milton, you know, and we live in Milton Hill. <laughs> and the renters that would rent this property would be people that go to Milton schools, possibly, that live and work here. Um, I, I don't see I am that I don't see that being a problem because it has never been a problem in the other two families. Well, I think I think you bring up a good point is is that you're still living in the house and you're not going to rent to somebody that that doesn't seem like a good tenant. Right. That, that, that we haven't vet. Yes. So, I, you know, being being owner occupied is is um, I mean, that's that's what everybody wants in a two family house is owner occupied. So um, I think I, I think that adds a lot of kind of self-policing of who's going to be living there. And, um, you know, if, if the, the Chauvets are having trouble with somebody that's living in their house, um, they, they're not going to be they're not going to be tenants very long. They're, they're going to be they're not going to be on Morton Terrace. They're going to go. You're asking us then to trust similarly that the Chauvets are not going to move and are not going to sell their two-family house to have other people move in. Well, I, I think um, that that becomes that becomes problematic when when neighbors say, I don't want you to rent your house. I want you to live in it because I I like you as a neighbor. And we can't really do that. At some point, the Chauvets will sell their house. And if it is a two-family house at that point, the people that the people that buy it, you're gonna hope are gonna want to live on Morton Terrace and be part of that community. And that they they will police their tenant to be part of that community as well. We don't know this. We hope, we hope that this is it, but neighborhoods tend to you know, find their equilibrium. By the people that live there and care about it, and you know, as as long as there's you know this dialogue like this, I, I think that's something that can be accomplished. I know you're scared. The neighborhood is scared. I understand that, but that's why I'm looking at what would make you not scared, and in fact, not just not scared, but what would make you happy. Everybody. So I, I just want to address one part of that, um, just to say that there are two sides to that question, but um, by granting this relief to the Chauvets and allowing them to use the house as a two family, you are assisting them and ensuring for that for yourselves that they will continue to live here. This is something that they feel they need to do and they want to stay in this neighborhood. Um, it, it will it will give you continuity, but it will not be forever. You can't you can't a variance is a, is a, this is a use variance, so it's either two family or it's a single. Um, and currently, a variance is required in order to do two family again, despite the long history. The reason the long history is important is it demonstrates that this is not a not going to be a problem. Really, it's never been a problem in the past, and you have other two families on this street. And you're living comfortably with them, as far as I know. I haven't heard any reports that you're not. Um, 
I live in a street where there were three, two families and a lot of and some single families. I mean, this is really pretty common in, in Milton. Um, and it's a, it, it, you don't even notice it. I mean, it's not really an issue. Um, this Because this is such a desirable neighborhood and such a nice location, and it's kind of up high over everything else, this is a place where people want to live. It's it's not, you know, sort of the last resort where you get perhaps less desirable tenants or something like that. So I, I'm, I understand that you, there's a fear of change because when you moved here, you didn't see this happening, that you weren't here long ago. You didn't see that it was a, it was a comfortable coexistence of single and two families. Um, I think that what we needed, what I would like to determine is what specific conditions could give you some assurance other than the fact that we're going to restrict, you know, the tenancy or, you know, tell the Chauvets that they can't, you know, rent to anyone but a relative, because that's not what this application is. This isn't a temporary apartment application for a relative. Um, and I've explained the reason it isn't is because this was a long-term two-family use. The house is set up that way, and it makes sense for them to be able to use it that way again, in terms of the way that the house is designed. Um, so are there other conditions? I mean, I can see there are parking conditions. You have concerns about safety of the gate at the end of the street. What is the particular impact? I think that's what I hope um, everyone who wants to speak will be able to inform us about. What is the, the specific impact on your property that you feel needs to be addressed? And is there any way that we can provide a condition to uh, protect you from that? Does that conclude your concerns, Mr. Zachariah? Yes, it does. Thank you. Okay, we have one more. Okay. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. So I don't know if it's my iPad or not, but um, I can't see everybody who's participating. My name is Peggy. I live, I am the owner of 11 Point Terrace, one of the two families, um, which I purchased from my mother who was also here for a long time. And we were, are the uh, landlords of the tenant who has been there for nearly 28 years, I believe. Um, we passed the tenant on from family members to family members lot of longevity here. Anyhow, I've been sitting here for 45 minutes with my hand up. And so it's a little disconcerting to me because I can't see who else is on that the only people who have spoken have been in opposition. And I would like just for if there's other people who can't see, there are other people out there who uh, came to this meeting and have sat through and are positive about the uh, petition and feel good about it. We are not an abstention. I don't know if there's any way to show that. Uh, for those people who can't see that. So um, my, my one comment is that everybody has talked about parking as the issue, and I also have raised that person, Danielle, and our conversations with it. I, I understand that is always going to be an issue. But I wonder if we put any restrictions on parking related to the, the, that particular house, how that impacts every other single family, multifamily on the street, where we have all enjoyed uh, being on a one uh, dead end street, 
and um, to my knowledge, I'm the only, the, there's a couple, the, the Moffats and I have side-by-sides, but most people don't. They have telescoping, so quite often need to use the street, and I do enjoy using the street for my tenants, and I've tried to accommodate. But if, if we make a parking restriction for the Chauvets or some kind of hard, fast rule, is that does that apply to uh, single families that might have multiple cars as well? Well, the parking, um, the parking issue, um, there is no overnight parking on the street in Milton. And if you haven't been ticketed for it, it's because, because you're lucky or nobody has called in on it. Um, typically they don't patrol to, to, to ticket cars that are there overnight unless somebody has complained about it. So, um, <clears throat> so basically, Basically, what we're requiring is to have on-site parking, which is adequate for the number of cars that, that would be in a two-family house. And, um, you know, I, I, I guess four is not unreasonable to have four parking spots. However, the Chauvets have five. So, um, you know, if they, if they want to leave a car out in the sidewalk, or not in the sidewalk, in, in the street, um, in front of their house, they might get a ticket. So they're not going to be apt to do that. But they do have five parking spaces available. And um, so, like I say, it's, it's not, when you don't have enough room in a driveway or some other place on your property for the cars, that, that is a problem. And I, I lived in a neighborhood where um, people did park on the street um, regularly. And um, it was not, it was not problematic um, because there weren't that many cars and people tried to keep them in their driveways anyway. It's problematic at snow time. And um, so, you know, that's time that you, you don't want to leave your car on the road anyway. But um, so to answer your question, we would, it would, I, I would be making a decision based upon how many available spots exist and what would be reasonable to think that an extra apartment would produce would probably produce, you know, depending upon number of bedrooms, probably two cars. Um, so, you know, if there are four cars, um, four car space, parking spaces for, you know, two for each apartment, that that's kind of standard in town um, for each dwelling, there'd be two car spots. And so that should not, that should not, change what your rights are for parking in the street during the day, not at night, and that, you know, you do have available um, off-street parking. So that, that should not change it. What would change it is if, you know, there was, you know, an enormous building that, uh, well, not, not even an enormous building. If you had, if you had a, a, you know, three apartments or three family house, that, that would be, you know, a very intense use of the property. Um, and, and that probably, you know, would we wouldn't be looking at that as, as something that we'd be even considering today. We're only looking at one other residential unit. Um, so, so I would say that that would not affect parking on Morton Terrace at all, as long as you know people. I, I I noticed I was looking to see what other people had for parking, and you know they tend to have long driveways that go out to the back, and um, and and this house does too. So. Um, I wasn't able to see it very well because of the fence, but um, you know that's been explained to me. And, and it, in fact, that 
parking area is shown on this map that I have that um, Attorney McKetrick has, has provided. So, um, so that's kind of a long way of saying that parking will not change. Other than we don't want people parking in front of the gate, the fire gate. But that's not us that says that. That's that's going to be the town that says that. Does that answer your question? Thank, thank you for uh, addressing my concern and uh, looking at my hand raised. Thank you. Okay. And, uh, I'm, I'm supportive. Thank you. And another name or no? Nope, that's everybody. That's everybody. Okay. So um, we are at that time to make a decision on whether I make a decision today or if we want to um, perhaps um, um, the show days and Attorney McKetrick could be um, talking with neighbors a little bit more about this and perhaps with the fire department and getting some information on um, on what would make this um, two family work in this neighborhood and what would make it so that it would not work. And so we could make a decision on this that has maybe a little bit more information coming in than we can get tonight. Um, is that something that you do wanna do then I assume? So I'm talking to my clients in front of everybody else here, but um, we've talked about this before as, a, as an option. Um, so, if you want, if you are willing to do that and you have a date that you can identify, um, I'm not sure that the delay is a critical issue from, you know, they would, if they're going to do this, they'd like to get started on it, of course, like everybody with a new project. But um, if we, if you postponed, it'd probably be for about three weeks or so. Do you have a schedule that you can look we at? We do. <laughs> have to we avoid town meeting, but. Um, yes. So. Um, um, three weeks. We need three weeks to establish that, or just for a scheduling thing. No, this for is for scheduling. scheduling. Um, well, yeah. if you, okay, if you need more time. Fine, you should tell us. But this would be just no, an available three date. Weeks. Three weeks should be more than sufficient. I think that okay. we should go into. Um, well, we do. We're looking at um, putting on some uh, hearings on the 16th of May. It's a Tuesday. That would be after town meeting, even if town meeting runs for two weeks, which. We don't want it to, so. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so that um, probably makes sense if we put it. Um, what time? Do you have time already? We, we haven't started scheduling for that yet, but I could. When okay. we do schedule, I can make it the last hearing in case it does so go. You you have to you have to uh, continue time. to a specific yeah. time and date. Okay. So could you start this, either make this the beginning, let's say four o'clock, is that when you usually start these? Yeah. Or later? Um, should we should we say five o'clock for this one then? We have an opportunity to um, sure. have some other ones that might go quicker than this. Yeah. Okay, so 12 more. So 16th of May at 5 p.m. Um, and we'll commit to investigating the public safety issues at the end of the street. And if there's something the Chauvets want to explain in terms of their off-street parking and how to manage it, um, we'll provide that as well. <clears throat> and of course, if we pick up on anything else that we think would be useful, I, I just want to point out that, you know, we offered the possibility of a the Chauvet's agreeing to a condition that the apartment would not be converted to condominium use. I'm not even sure whether people are, will be interested in that condition, 
But if your concern is that kind of thing, you know, you get the two family use, then it's very attractive to sell it to some developer who then creates the condominiums. We've heard that concern expressed. If that is a concern, then you need to let the hearing officer know that, um, well, at least before the next hearing, you can send a letter to the Board of Appeals in between this hearing and the next, which becomes a public document and we'll be able to see it as well. So we'll need a little bit more information about that. We're not sure whether it's something people think it's a good thing or not a good thing. Um, but we, we just wanted to offer it. It's kind of unusual. But I have had it in another case, and it was because the owners offered to impose the condition. I'm not sure the hearing officer could impose it unilaterally on a variance. But you know, we're willing to offer it. Uh, at least we've discussed that. Um, so I want you to think about it if that makes a difference. Thank you. Thanks for spending so much time. Yes. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah. Well, hopefully that means the next one will be easy, right? <laughs> I <laughs> hope so. So we'll yeah. we'll see you at five o'clock on um, May 16th, Tuesday. Great. Okay. And thank thank you. you for all thank of you. your input. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'll be calling the other <laughs> applicant now. Excuse me. Okay. Sorry, Marion. Jeez. What I'll do is just share and use it. Yeah, I guess we'll be safer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very straightforward. Let's see. Okay. Oh. Hold on one second while I switch folders. <laughs> okay. We're ready when you are. Okay. I'm going to call our fourth and final hearing of now the evening. Um, our 445 hearing upon the application of 250 Adam Street Realty Trust, the applicant, dated January 11th, 2023, on file with the Board of Appeals to um, renew a special permit from the terms of Section 3B1A of Chapter 10 of the General Bylaws of the Town of Milton for the purpose of storing in a barn to be constructed on the property up to 12 antique automobiles. This would be in addition to the amount of existing personal vehicles currently stored on the property of the existing single family residence at 250 Adams Street, Milton, which is in a residence A district. This original special permit was issued on March 19, 2018. The Milton Zoning Bylaw Section 3B1A Accessory Uses requires that the maintaining of more than one unregistered automobile or more than five registered automobiles be permitted only upon issuance of a special permit by the Zoning Board of Appeals, subject to appropriate conditions and limitations. And all of this is set forth in the set application and plans on file with the board and open to public inspection. Um, my name is Virginia Donahue King. I am the hearing officer for this. I constitute the board and will be making a decision today on um, uh, how to um, 
the outcome of this application. Um, so if anyone wants to speak at this, you, um, unless you were already a, at a panel member, um, uh, uh, computer, um, you'll raise your hand so that you can speak on the raise hand button. And then we'll bring you in as a, as a panelist for that, for that portion of the hearing. Um, in the, um, in the file, I have um, the application and a denial letter uh, from the building department. And I also have a letter from attorney McKetrick outlining the procedure we're going through on this. I also have um, the decision that was written by the board of appeals for that permit um, back in 2018. Um, and so we are basically, um, well, we're, we're looking at extending the, the, the special permit, but we're also asking, I believe, for more cars at this stage of the game. So I'm gonna turn it over to the applicant and, no, did I get that wrong? I'll explain it. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm gonna turn it over to you now then. So um, the original application five years ago, this is a five-year permit, uh, was for 12 storing 12 cars. But in the course of the hearing, the Board of Appeals decided they thought that maybe was too much. Went down to six. And they, yes, they permitted yep. six cars to be stored. Okay. So I'm, I'm here with Colm uh, Dunphy. He's the person who has the antique cars and is living there. And um, we're really here tonight just to say that this is an application for renewal because the special permit will expire at the end of the fifth year from when the permit was issued. And there has been no change whatsoever in the use. And there has there have been no complaints received by the property owner in the during this time, um, and I we also wanted to let you know that there were some trees planted along one perimeter to sort of screen the garage from a neighbor. This wasn't a condition in the original permit, but was done at the request of a neighbor. Um, and Colm has you know talked to once a couple of his neighbors, and they have expressed no concerns about this use. So um, I think this should be a very easy renewal to grant. Um, I think that, you know, it's just the nature of the thing that is that these, this is a time limited permit. And I assume the board will want to grant a time limited permit. Again, we'd ask for five years. It's amazing how quickly five years goes by though. I can yes, tell you, I was really surprised that this one was due, you know, to be renewed. Um, but the owner's been keeping track of it carefully. Um, and the cars are really amazing. I actually have one parked out in front of my house right now because it's such a beautiful <laughs> day. Drove over in one of them. So, um, you know, unless you have specific questions, I don't really have anything to add. Um, with these renewals, the main issue is always has anything changed? And right. then have there been any complaints? And I can report that on in both respects, nothing has changed. There have not been any complaints that we're aware of. Okay. Um, and the, the hydraulic lifts are not a, a portion of this. That was just the, what was written for the first time around. And Correct. So okay. that's all the same. I mean, the okay. garage inside is the same and the number of cars permitted. We're not asking for an increase at this time. Okay. So we're, we're looking for the six cars in, in, the, in the current garage. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm going to assume, I have no questions. This is, this is, um, um, seems pretty simple. Um, I, I assume there's nobody out there wanting to speak on this, Julia. Very good. Um, let's get this um, taken care of in record time if we can, after the record time of waiting. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> um, so 
I'm going to close the very short evidentiary portion of, of this hearing and um, deliberate amongst myself, um, <laughs> saying that this is something that's worked in the neighborhood for five years. Um, it, it sounds like there's even less a, um, concern about it than there was first time around, and, and proof is in the pudding there. So um, far be it from me to disapprove of something that the neighborhood is very happy with. And I congratulate you on um, another five years of your special permit. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you. And enjoy the good weather. Yes, I'm happy to draft a um, renewal decision if that will help you with that. That would be great. That would be great. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Okay. And enjoy the evening, all. Have all right. a good dinner. All right. Yes. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Thanks.